service will be reduced and changes to other routes are also planned after Pembrokeshire County Council Cabinet approved the reductions following recommendations to scrap Good Friday services, shortening the summer period for the coastal bus services and reducing the winter services to once a week. Representations from councillors Mike James and Paul Hallis about their areas were received and council leader David Simpson highlighted concerns from people in the Angle Peninsula as a reduction in central funding for bus services was blamed for the plans, the county having only five local bus services operating without a subsidy from the council. Storm sewers in Wales continue to be emptied into rivers and seas, with concerns about raw sewage discharges after an analysis of the 1,000 combined sewer overflows was monitored by Welsh Water. The water firm said without the releases sewage would flood homes, but it means untreated sewage is going straight into local rivers and seas. Welsh Water's own figures show the overflow at the beach resort of Pendine was released on 317 days of the year, and in a single year, across all of Wales, combined sewage overflows operated for the equivalent of 6,800 days. A call has been made for Welsh Water to improve facilities which include increasing capacity for storage in storm tanks, as concerns about the deterioration and decline year on year of all rivers in Wales, which need to be addressed with urgency, as rainfall in Wales is not an exceptional event. The company said that it had invested £460 million in water services in the last year, which is part of a £2.3 billion investment over a five-year period to the end of 2020. It includes work to help prevent surface water getting into the sewer network in the first place. Simon Harp, Member of Parliament for South Pembrokeshire and Carmarthenshire West, has recently spoken out to back a plastic pollution action plan, backed by legislation to protect wildlife and human health. After meeting local residents of Narbeth and Lambeth, Pembrokeshire Friends of the Earth, he supported their call for government action to put a plan in place to tackle plastic pollution, which is backed up by new laws. Rebecca Cardbury, member of the Pembrokeshire Friends of the Earth, said, It's great that Simon Hart MP is supporting a plastic pollution action plan. Lots of people in the community are trying to reduce the amount of plastic they use, which is brilliant, but ultimately the plastic pollution crisis must be solved by government action. Haverford West High Voluntary Control School Governors are the latest to implement changes to the school timetable following a recent consultation. The school day will begin at 8.45am and finish at 3.20pm on Monday to Thursday and at 1.40pm on a Wellbeing Friday from next year. Two-thirds of the 96 responses received support of the timetable change, with comments stating it would be seen as beneficial for all. Milford Haven Roundtable is offering £1,000 for the best float to enter Milford Haven's Carnival Summer Parade on Saturday, July the 6th, with £500 for second place and £200 for third place. £100 is available to every group of 15 or more people who take part in the carnival, where previous entries have included grown men dressed as Disney princesses, the musical hairspray, pirates, musical icons, minions, superheroes and film stars. In local sport, football's fixtures were devastated due to the weather. Haverhurst County's push for promotion to the Welsh Premier League halted when their home game against Tafswell was an early casualty. There were just three games completed in the county, Johnson winning 4-1 at home to Lorraine in their push for promotion from Division 2, whilst Langham lifted themselves above Letterson by winning the key relegation game 4-3. Mirfield Athletic won 7-0 at St Florence in Division 3 in the only other surviving encounter. Local footballer Matthew Price has been selected once again for the Wales Veterans football team in a game against Chester at Astrodmanach on Saturday, March the 23rd. Kick-off is at 2pm. I'm Jonathan Twig, and you're up to date with all your latest Pembrokeshire news on Pure West Radio. 
Pure West Radio. See the action live from our studios in Haverford West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page. And we're back in the West Wales for the second half with Steve Parsons, who is my guest, or our guest. <laughs> and before the news, we were talking about Ghost Chronicles International, yes. which is your other show that you do. Yes. How do you get on with the time zones? Ah, well, that yeah, that does cause some confusion twice yeah. a year because the Americans' clocks change to daylight saving time mm-hmm. differently. At the moment, we're four hours apart. Yeah. So it's the time, in, it never changes in America because that's set by Texas. Right. So we're also at two hours adrift. So they're seven hours away. Ron is five. So, yeah, so it's... So what time? It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Texas. It's three o'clock in the afternoon in Boston, and it's set eight o'clock at night in Haverford West. So it does get a bit. I was going to say, yeah, you. It's must... great because I was given the lottery ticket. <laughs> like I'm always talking from his future. Ah, mm, yeah, this is the future this, calling. Yeah, so there is a future. Yeah, I proved that. Yeah, you, yeah, you proved it. Absolutely proved it. But it's not only Ghost Chronicles you've done. You've done a lot more thing as guests. As a guest on shows mm-hmm. in America, mm-hmm. go on, spill the beans. Where else have you been? What you done? Well, I mean, individually, lots of shows down the years, but um, the ones I hate most—that's <laughs> a good one, yeah. Yeah, the ones I hate most, but love because the host is really nice. Uh, things like uh, Marla Brooks' show, which is one of the biggest shows in America, and paranormal shows in America, and Coast to Coast AM, um, because they they go out at nine o'clock Boston time, right? Which is two o'clock in the morning. Ouch. <laughs> oh. For me. I can understand why you don't like that. And one. it's a two hour show, so that's like two yeah. till four AM. Do you actually sleep at all? <laughs> um you prepare for these these things. These they're things. Not, they're not every week, thank God. No. So you you've done a lot of radio over the years. Mm-hmm. You've also done a lot of telly over the years. A fair bit. A fair a fair bit. I mean two programmes. That people may have heard of. That may have heard of. Most Haunted. Of course. And Frightened and Famous. I am famous and frightened. The Which, worst, the, the, the cheesiest paranormal program. Also one I'd never but heard of, I will be honest. Brilliant. Because I, what, I mean, the basic premise was like uh, the, the current program that's a carbon copy of it called Cele- I'm a Celebrity or Celebrity and Scared or Oh, yeah. Never, was, yeah. You know, with Rylan. I don't know. I think half man, half whatever he is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, you take a bunch of celebrities. Now these aren't the no marks, like the Z listers from reality television, like Geordie Shores or Towie. We had, you know, who did we? Who were on ours? The people like Colin Jackson, the athlete, where Christopher Biggins, Toya Wilcox, um, John Noakes. Yeah, the ones from BBC. Corey or Corey Standers. Yeah. We had Anne Charleston, who was Magic Neighbours, mm. Rusty. Rusty Lee, uh, oh, you know, all yeah, decent, decent people, yeah, yeah, well, and Roy Walker, the comedian, yeah, and they would be sent into a haunted castle, um, and then they had to survive for three days and three nights, and then the the, the challenge element, the viewers would vote for them. Our job was because because it was a television show called an, an investigation, yeah, legally. The television production company has to conduct an investigation. Right. 
Um, and it's got to be a proper one, otherwise they can't call it an investigation. And plus the celebrities were given certain gadgets to use and cameras and things that they had to take around with them. Well, our job was to show them how to use those pieces of equipment, ah. teach them how to ghost hunt, and also conduct the investigation that was needed to be done for the television. So, yeah. So that was all good fun. It was very entertaining, yeah. But you also do um, that in reality anyway. I mean, as not just for shows. You teach people how to use things. These, these I try my best to, but, you know, people put fingers in their ears and stuff cotton wool in their ears and go, ah, oh, I'm not listening, you can't teach me. I'm a ghost hunter. Is There are no experts in the paranormal. Is that something you come across quite often? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there any that you don't come across doing that? The, thi the, thi the, the, the problem is, um, because it, it is an area where, uh, and this starts with, with Most Haunted, because back in the 1990s, before Most Haunted starts in 2002, I think it was, there weren't very many people who were ghost hunting. No. There were a lot of people who liked the idea or read about it or occasionally went round a, round a haunted building on a ghost walk. But the idea of investigating ghosts was was kind of frowned upon. It was like, oh, you're a ghost hunter, you're a bit strange. Yeah. Um, but then Most Haunted hit the screens, it was big, it became a cult programme. People realised that the... I mean, the cast of Most Haunted were just normal people. They met mm. Fielding, Carl. The, the, you know, they realised that you could be a makeup lady, a cameraman, um, a TV researcher. Yeah. Normal people could go ghost hunting. And that opened up a whole can of worms type thing? Well, that's not a bad thing. No. And, you know, a lot of people formed their own paranormal groups based on what they saw on television. Unfortunately, they based it what, on what they saw on television. And what they saw on television, of course, is television. It's yes. not the real world. It's not what, how it's really done. What they call ad adultainment or something. Edutainment. Isn't it? Yeah, that's it. But what they what they done is they they mimic their television heroes um, from Most Haunted and from the shows that follow Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters and Girly Ghost Hunters and Naked Ghost Hunters. Really. Oh, there's been everything. I missed that one. There's gay ghost hunters, girly ghost hunters. Just show hunters. me yeah, afterwards. I missed one. them ones. <laughs> you, yeah. the, um, and they think that they are the de facto methods for doing it. Well, of course, they're not. They're, they're brilliant for television. Mm. They're not good for dealing with the real world. Albert Square is not what the East End of London is really like. No. Coronation Street is not what it's like in Manchester. No. So... Because you you do run going back to the teaching you you run um, courses mm -hmm. and sport sports no don't do no. sports talks, talks and speeches talks. and things no, like that I don't that. do speeches either oh I don't know so much no I don't do speeches <laughs> you do talks. do talks do talks do talks but that's on the serious side of things mm -hmm. as well so we shall come back in a minute it's not too serious you know oh I don't know so much <laughs> we shall come back in a minute and we'll find out a bit more about that no. This is that ice cold Michelle fight for that white gold. This one for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. Styling, wildin', living it up in the city. 
and welcome back to the West Files. I don't know about Uptown Funk You Up. I know you've been confusing me a lot. Steve Parsons, yes. our host and our guest, a very special guest. That's weird, isn't it? I know, it's very strange. And we've been talking all sorts of different areas mm. that you delve into and television, radio, but you also do conferences, which is the word I couldn't think of before, for not your average person. No. Well, I mean, obviously the average person can go if they want to. I mean, they're not, they're not sort of highbrow and exclusive. But they are different. They are, yeah, they, they are this, a serious side. Because when you conduct any form of research, then you have to present your findings. You have to present your research for peer review. Mm. Um, that's the way that, the, the, you know, science works. Yeah. The, the results are uh, published and then are peer-reviewed or presented at a conference. Um, now, that's the way I, we were brought up to do it. So that's what we do. We go to the different conferences um, and we present our our findings. And we we listen to other people's results or papers or presentations. Some of them are dreadfully dull. <laughs> I mean, honestly, some of them really are. Like, One thing I can't imagine you as being dull in doing these sort of things. Well, I get bored easily. That's the problem. And I, stuffy academic conferences are really dreadful. I mean, you know, to, are they to, like what you see on the, the television? Oh, they're worse. Are they no, worse? Much worse than what you see on the television. And of course. Stuffy academics tend to be stuffy. Yeah, so um, yeah, they're all wearing corduroy and they've got you know the inevitable leather patch oh, on their yeah. elbows. <laughs> so I did, I did the last one in a Ghostbuster uniform, I think. It sounds about right. <sighs> you can't take yourself too seriously, yeah. but we take what we do very seriously. Yeah. Uh, but the you know you're up all, you end up with a kind of undertaker sense of humour about it. Are you still learning yourself as God, well? God, yeah, absolutely. Um, so where are you every day, at? Every you single at? day. Um, I'm at exactly, probably about the, exactly the same place as I was when I started as a teenager. Really? I still don't know what a ghost is. No. Um, I'm no closer to knowing what a ghost is. Now we've had guests on Ghost Chronicles, we've had guests on the Westfires who will tell us with absolute certainty what a ghost is. Mm. They're far luckier than I am <laughs> because I can't. And I've spent the last oh, 40 years looking... Um, and you don't look a day over twenty. Thank you. <laughs> um, and we just don't know what we what we do know. I was just going to say, what is it you do actually know? Then? Well, what we've been able to do, not just I mean, it's it's not just a, a royal way either. Um, research has opened our um, understanding of human experiences, which, after all, when when somebody says they they mm. saw a ghost or heard a ghost or or smelled a ghost. Um, it's a human experience. It's unique to them. Um, but what we've learned down the years is what might trigger some people to have these experiences. Um, things within the environment, things like um, certain types of sound. Uh, it, it can be the location. It Often it's a case of uh, expectation and belief because if a person believes that someone's haunted, um, and the place, or they've been told the place is haunted, so their expectations peaked. It doesn't require very much then uh, for them to start jumping at all the small sounds mm. that ordinarily they would have ignored. Perhaps ignored. Yeah. So you you as it's, you you've learnt more, but at the same time, you know about the same as what you ever knew. 
learned a great deal about people and about yeah. human experiences, but nothing at all about About ghosts. the actual ghosts nothing themselves. whatsoever. Although you have started, I say started, you have written mm. about these so-called non-existent ghosts or existent ghosts or... Well, that's an interesting question of do they exist or not because yeah. as a human experience they absolutely do exist. Um, ghosts are completely real as a human experience because for thousands of years people have been saying that they've encountered ghosts. Now they're not making it up. <laughs> there are some that will. Um, but the vast majority of them are telling you the truth that they have experienced what they believe to be a ghost. Mm. What I'm interested in doing as a, a researcher and investigator is understanding the nature of the experience. Was it something that they created entirely inside the head? Or was it something that was outside them? Um, Can the that room? actually be proved? In what respect? In the respect that, you know, perhaps it was inside the head or there was something outside that caused that. In some cases, you can you, you can attribute a cause, a most likely cause, or some, very occasionally you can actually demonstrate the pr a provable cause, a repeatable event that will cause. How does the, the person that experienced that originally take that? Well, that rather depends on the individual because some people... Um, <laughs> they kind of... I mean, if they really wanted to be a ghost... Or they really want the picture, their pictures, or what their experience was to be a ghost. Then, if you just if you are telling them otherwise, then sometimes they react. They can tell you you're wrong. And mm. that, you know that that they know that they're right, even though you've just proved that they weren't. Well, or possibly weren't. Perhaps we should reword. Other times they're quite relieved yeah. that it is normal and that they're not going mad or the house isn't haunted or whatever their experience was was you know as the result of some process yeah so it, it's as different the res the the reaction can be as different as people's experiences so did you use some of them in the books that you've written because you have written three books now i think mm -hmm. and you have one come out or coming out it's out but it hasn't been launched officially ah, it's getting launched officially this week oh so we've had a preview you have we've had a preview on the west well everybody that's bought a copy of the bloody thing i mean it's been yeah. it, it was supposed to it was supposed to be printed and published after christmas but it, it escaped uh, the publishing uh, the publishing schedule went a bit uh, another book got cancelled so we got bumped up the list but we didn't know so it'd been on sale since september but ah. it hasn't had the book launch until march oh so there we are. That's a bit matter, weird, but there yeah. you go. One of the ones you wrote, Paracoustics, mm -hmm. Sound in the Paranormal. Yeah, that was, sound is a particular thing of, that interests me because pe sound is um, one of the most important senses that we have as humans. Uh, and it's also way more likely that people will hear something that they will interpret as a ghost or ghostly rather than see sight seeing a ghost is actually incredibly rare mm. the most common is smell mm. um you know people will smell a smell that they will attribute to to a specific person or a yeah, yeah. um I don't know, my father used to smoke a pipe blah 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 yeah i, I can my, understand yeah. that one yeah uh, but but hearing is actually the the next most common okay and hundreds and hundreds of times more common than seeing a claiming you know saying you saw a ghost is hearing something sound is fascinating and sound can cause people to have paranormal experiences really uh, this is sound that they can't hear 
This is very low frequency sound called infrasound, and it's the exact opposite of a dog whistle. Okay. Now, you're familiar with a dog whistle, yeah. really high pitch. Fido can hear it. Yeah. You can't hear it, but it's obviously there. You don't question it's there. No. Well, that's very, very high frequency. Our ear is so high that Fido can hear it, we can't. Right. But at the other end of the frequency spectrum, the very low end of the frequency spectrum, our ears are rubbish as well. Ah. But there is a huge amount of sound down there. Oh. That has very profound effects on us. And this has been studied by scientists. And, and one of the people, or one of the group with studied it uh, was NASA because sound, these very low frequency sounds, were being given off by the Saturn V launch rockets on the Apollo missions. Right. And they, they wanted to know is was this massive sound pressure and vibration affecting the way that the astronauts could operate their equipment? Ah. So they did studies, and it does have very, very interesting effects on the human body. And so, the human brain as well, obviously. And the human brain. Ah. Um, the books that you've written, I mean, we, we've got, we've, as we said, we've got Paracoustics, and then we've got Ghostology, The Art of the Ghost Hunter. Are these the sort of books that your everyday person like me, who doesn't know a lot about it, could read? Um, definitely with Ghostology, my remit for writing that, the one I gave myself was that uh, I wanted to communicate the art of being a ghost hunter. So this wasn't a how-to ghost hunt. No. This is a why do people ghost hunt, um, what techniques do they use, what are the pros and cons of the different ways, um, some funny stories about ghost hunting, uh, some uh, you know anecdotal tales. But I realised that I'm using uh, language that I use every day that isn't high street language. No. You know, I talk yeah. about EVPs, I talk about... I know ITC that was electronic voice phenomenon. Correct. Yes, I remembered. But they're not common, so you've got to explain. So you know, you've got to explain yourself first. So yeah. The, so it very much is uh, written for people who are already ghost hunting or, or interested in going ghost hunting, or just want to know more about it. Yeah, because that's that's what I was looking at. Because the one that you've just wrong mouse, <laughs> the wrong the one that you've just had printed is it this one the guidance one. notes for investigators of spontaneous cases yes that doesn't sound like something i would probably read actually you probably find it quite useful really uh, it's a very short book as well uh, it's only 70 something pages and this wasn't uh, i was um the society for psychical research which was founded in 1882 and is considered to be the world's leading organization for serious research into mm. paranormal phenomena there's a lot that there's a lot about that um i i did sort of research a little bit about mm -hmm. it and it's very very interesting reading mm -hmm. you know with with that. i would encourage anybody to join uh, the society for psychical research uh because anybody can yeah that was something i was surprised at i'll be honest i didn't realize it was something anybody could join yes you can yeah anybody can join and there's a lot of resources there that are available but what they what they wanted was uh, they had a um, like a how-to guide for yeah. people who were interested in investigating. So it's a guide to good practice or best practice to, so that you can get the best results from your ghost investigation. And they've been publishing it since 1955, and they realised it, it was getting a bit out of date. Well, 1955... Well, no, it's been revamped a few yeah. times down the years. But I was going to say, it, the language might have been changed slightly since then. Well, it was last looked at in 96. Ah. And it was reviewed before that in 68. But they realised it was getting a bit long in the tooth. OK. And they said... Um, they commissioned me to rewrite it. 
Now, previously, it had only been 12 pages. Um, <laughs> but I kind of realised that, that it made a lot of assumptions. It, it presumed that people already had a certain amount of knowledge beforehand. Yeah. And I wanted to start from the basic of somebody who I'd like to go ghost hunting. Yeah. And so it ended up at 70-something pages because I had to put the foundation building blocks of knowledge in. And it's it's also incredibly difficult to write either ghostology or guidance notes because... One of the you've got to I, I, I hate be, I hate people who are condescending. Mm. And I I would hate to to come across as condescending no. in a book. Um so I wanted to make sure that the language was inclusive and that nobody felt that just because of their beliefs or or um the way they thought about things would alienate them or oh well, mm. you're not worthy because you're not a scientist so in other words you wanted to write it so that everybody regardless yeah. of and it's you know i don't care if somebody's been ghost hunting for 30 years um i can still improve after 40 something years yeah and i wanted to write a book that's just a guide to good practice because it doesn't you know you we get into the situation everybody thinks they're the best driver in the world yeah, this illusory superiority that oh, I'm I'm a you know rate. What they, they did a poll a few years ago and they you know got people to rate their driving skills. So everybody said that oh yeah, I'm in the top nine. I'm in the top ten percent, mate. Like, yeah, actually, you, you, yeah, we're not. No. We're not. We're rubbish at it most yes. of the time. Um, we we get away with it. And ghost hunting can be a bit like that. Everything we do, we tend to think of ourselves as being very good at and don't like criticism. No. And if anybody criticises us, I mean, if it's on in ghost hunting in the ghost hunting social media community. There is so much backbiting and backstabbing because you know, like, don't you say my method wrong and don't you call my photograph rubbish and I'm going to unfriend you for all that. Yeah. And you just want to get away from that. Just say, look, you're never too old. You're never too good to learn. And learn something new. Don't be so bloody arrogant. Yeah. Listen, look at all of the possibilities properly and consider that, you know, you might, if you just tweak it a little bit or you might learn. Because I get to see lots and lots of different groups, ghost hunting teams and groups around the country, around the, you know, uh, on a regular basis. And I learn something all the time learning is something that we have to do well you get a lot of people who don't think that you know they think they've watched one episode of most haunted and they think they're bloody they know exactly what they're doing i think we'll go for uh, something that some of these might be doing is a bit of russian roulette Slow 
song was finishing then that finished very very quickly and completely confused me we're back we're on the west files well i'm on the west files my guest is the host which is very confusing because steve is now on the other side of the desk i am you are and we've been chatting about it's fun round here it's fun round there isn't it it's not as dusty no and the chairs don't creak ah, i'll have them chairs back um and we've been discussing basically how you got started into mm. your Research. It was many, many years. It was, many, it was many a dark years and stormy night. <laughs> and how you still learn, and the fact, as we were talking about your books, mm-hmm. and how you wanted them to actually be for anybody to be able to read. Yeah, everybody. Because <sighs> that's not an arrogant thing either. No, like there it. are a lot of books out there that say, "Oh, this is how you do it. That's how you do it." And we're Ghostbusters. We do this. The most haunted house horror. Oh, yes. All those sort of things. Yours are actually based on your own and other people's research. 
Well, they're research-based, for, yeah. for sure. Um, I, yeah, I mean, there's not many stories, and there's no haunted stories in any of the books I've written. No. Um, but there are some apocryphal tales and anecdotal stories from... Um, <laughs> where lessons have been learned. That's a good way of putting it. Because we're constantly learning. Yes. What? We were lucky. We, we, uh, when I started, when, when Parascience was born, we didn't have the interweb. No. And social media, so we could screw up as much as we <laughs> liked. And you did, I guess. <laughs> and we made our share of mistakes, because that's how you learn. Um, but we didn't have the pressure that, that modern investigators... Because you, you see them now, and they're, they're tweeting and live-streaming and reporting their findings before they've even had a chance to look at them properly. Mm. You know, they're, they're fans and followers and expect results. Yeah. But we didn't have to do that. No. We could take our time and develop. We, you know, we, we were sort of the ghost hunting equivalent of playing the club circuit <laughs> and not the X Factor. <laughs> you know, there was no instant stardom. No, and we, it's, it's something that's been going on, obviously, for a lot of years. Well, I'm 58. I started ghost hunting before I was 18, so... Yeah. Yeah, so... Okay, well, that's a long time. Again. What's been your worst nightmare experience in all the years you've been doing this? <laughs> <laughs> no names have to be mentioned. <laughs> all places. I'm glad you said worst. Uh, uh, yeah, or not scariest, because the two of them would be the same thing. This took place. Oh God, it must be 20 years ago. We were in a pub in Preston, Lancashire. Quite a famous pub. It had been on television for its notable haunting and. Um, We'd visited, and the landlord actually asked us if we would take a look at the place uh, because things were taking place. Things were still happening, and his staff weren't happy about it, so we agreed. And we went up there, and in those days, we we, we were looking at um, using cameras mm. and sound recorders. Yeah. Now, in those days, the systems weren't as small and portable as they are no. today. And to put a camera in one room and then be able to record it, you had to run cables everywhere. Yeah. It was a bit... Anyway, it took a while, but we got it all sorted out. And we settled down for to see what would happen, because it always happened after the pub shut. Right. Um, so we waited, and the last order's bell rang, and the landlord's wife, the landlady, returned to the pub. Very, very, very drunk. Oh, dear. Very, very, very angry. Oh, and very cross that oh. we were there because oh. she wanted to have a stay behind bar somewhere. Anyway, we were spoiling her plans and oh. she was drunk beyond the point of all reason and very cross and very aggressive. Oh. And she started scooping up, uh, well, first of all, it was glass ashtrays that were being thrown at us. Then she started scooping up our stuff and throwing that out into the Ouch. street. Um, and again hurling tables chairs and glass ashtrays around at us um it got set i mean it was it was we were we were fearful for our lives at one point <laughs> but we 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 had a problem because of course when we arrived the landlord had welcomed us in and told us to put the cars in the back yeah and lock them in the backyard oh well of course as soon as his wife kicked off he fled <sighs> With our the cars, keys. Our cars are in the back. We can't. You and can't stuff go is anywhere. just going to be flying out the pub doors, landing on the pavement. So we, we had to call the police. Uh, and it was just like this moment when it said, Well, um, why are you there? <laughs> uh, 
something. Well, yeah. pardon me, I didn't quite hear you. Yeah. Well, once we said we were looking for ghosts in the pub, I think every police car and oh, van no. in Preston, Preston turned, turned up. up. <laughs> um, I think they were just like, hey, we've got to be going on this show. So well, they all, yeah. They all turned up. Yeah. And there was this spectacularly funny moment. There were two really funny, but again, sort of bad moments <laughs> looking back at them. The first was watching the... One of the one of the pieces of equipment came spinning out. This was a, a recorder that had cost about £200, £250. Pounds, which was a lot back Which then. was quite a lot of money. And it bounced off the pavement. And then one of the uh, knobs fell off and rolled. And we we were... We were starting to laugh hysterically because there wasn't much else we could do no, by this stage. It no. was that sort of weird, nervous laughter yeah. that was going on. And um, this thing bounced on the pavement. And as it went past, one of the teams said, oh, don't worry, we'll, we'll, that'll buff out. We'll polish that out. At the precise moment, a police car rever- uh, arrived and drove over it. Oh, no. Drove over the recorder <laughs> and flattened it. And our only response was, well, I don't think that's going to polish out. No. <laughs> That us, we were all like, it yeah. was hysterically funny by well, then. Yeah, we, we, there was nothing else we could do. There was this, um, anyway, then, um, the police negotiated a kind of like a, a temporary ceasefire with the woman <laughs> so we could get the cars out and the rest of the stuff. So, under police supervision, two of the team were allowed to go back in and gather your bits, the belongings. Yeah, and as they were coming out, one of the policemen um, lifted up uh, while they were still in the pub and said, uh, uh, this carrier bag full of oh, and she looked at it and she said oh that's theirs so he handed it to us and we just threw it in the back of the car and we drove down down the m6 to the first motorway services because everything was all in the wrong place yeah thought let's see what's broken let's see what's, let's work out let's what put we, it yeah. like oozes what and put it all back in the right cars have a cup of coffee and a cigarette and all settle down that's it so we got to this plastic carrier bag that was bloody heavy was like well what's in it we eight car stereos what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it seems that somebody was doing some shady dealings in the pub. Ah. And, of course, as the policeman picked up this bag of car stereos, the landlady obviously knew what was in the bag and went, that's not ours, that's and, theirs. Yeah, and the policeman nicely you. put it in our car. So we ended up with eight car stereos. What did you do with them, or shouldn't I even ask? I can't remember. No, you know nothing. So that was your worst. <laughs> that was yeah, memorable, memorable, Very memorable. bad, memorable. What night. was? What's the? Have you had a? Have you got a best one? Yeah, absolutely. From Famous and Frightened, and it, it's um, after the first night of Famous and Frightened, um, because the celebrities got voted off and they got sent back to right the team hotel. Okay. Now the team hotel was a five star hotel, as you can imagine, yes. for the celebrities, and of course we were staying there too. Um, so Anne Charleston, Madge from Neighbours, yeah, goes back. Um, she gets sent back first, and then John Noakes is voted out, and we we were due to finish. So they said, um, "Well, we'll get your." Uh, pickup thing, your mm. black limousine thing that takes. Oh, very nice. Um, and John said, "No, well, they can get him with me." So we got him with John Oates, mm. and then we were talking to John in the car, and we we're like, "John is fascinated by space and physics and All right. stuff like that, and interesting things like that." Well, we get back, and Anne had ordered a bottle of champagne to drown her sorrows, because oh. obviously her bar bill was being paid by the production company, and oh, I think dear. it was about 60 quid a bottle. Ouch! Anyway, she then ordered two more, and there was this surreal moment when Anne, from Parascience, me, 
and Charleston and John Noakes were all sitting round a table at three o'clock in the morning, drinking £60 a bottle of champagne, talking about quantum physics, space, Shep the dog. <laughs> and I'm just, there's this moment that you think, John Noakes was a TV hero of mine growing up on Blue oh, Peter. Yeah. And I'm drinking champagne, talking about sciencey things with John Noakes and Madge from Neighbours. Mm. That's surreal. And that's, that's kind of stuck, <laughs> There was another really it? good one, actually. Oh, go I'll on. Just remember another one. After the Before second, we wind up. Yeah, after the second Famous and Frightened, um, because obviously the celebrities get, get a lot of money for doing these shows. Yeah. We didn't get very much at all. Um, but the producer uh, from the television network, very high up in television, was thanking everybody. Mm. Um, and he... He went round, you know, you know, thank the, um, thank the uh, celebrities and thank the production and the camera crews and and um, and Roy Walker, the comedian. Mm. Um, oh, he said, uh, he said, I want to, and I want to thank the ghosts from Dover Castle because it was all filmed in Dover Castle. I want to thank the ghosts of Dover Castle because after all, they didn't, they didn't cost us anything. <laughs> Roy Walker stood up. You, know, you didn't bloody pay the ghost hunters that much either. Oh. <laughs> Did that go down very these, well? These, these have worked bloody hard all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah there's lots of surreal sort of one-off moments like that that you sort of. Um, but they're the fun memories, aren't yeah, they? You know, like the page three girl with her phone number on her chest and <laughs> all sorts of mad stuff. Like oh, we that. might have to go into that one another time. Mm. I think we'll have. Oh yes, actually saying that with that, I think we could do with a prayer now. We'll have prayer and see. <laughs> Okay. 
again. We're back. We're on the West Wales and we swap seats. Finally, your host, Steve Parsons, is now no longer the guest. Thanks for being the guest, Steve. That's great. That was really, really interesting. And, we're, and I'm back in the hot seat now. The squeaky, oh, yes. the squeaky, the squeaky hot seat. seat. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just to remind you that you have an opportunity to go ghost hunting. You can come and meet me, uh, meet Barry John. Uh, both of us have been on Most Haunted. Uh, so I guess we're survivors of that show. And of course, Ronnie will be there too. Mm. Uh, to, as we celebrate the West Files first birthday on April 11th at Scotland Manor there are two tickets up for grabs you can win two tickets yes. for a ghost hunt these are £30 each tickets this is no cheap prize and uh, just if you want to win those tickets for yourself friend family member or you can go twice on the same night well you could do yeah and go with yourself yeah yeah um, head over to um, the West Files Facebook page. You can find the link on the Pure West Facebook page. And on the West Files Facebook page, you will find a question. Answer the question, and we'll draw the winner uh, from the list of correct answers. And we'll announce that next week. Oh, yes. And then we'll announce the second yes, part of our birthday present. Because presents. we have two presents. Well, it, there's a picture of what the other present is, isn't there? Oh, it's there. Uh, That's two tickets for an evening of mediumship with yes. Barry John on April the 12th. Yes. So we'll be announcing the competition for that next week and the prize winners for our first part of the birthday giveaway. Don't uh, confuse things. I've confused myself now. Basically, yeah, they're entering the competition. Yeah. Then you'll tell them who's won, and you'll tell them the other competition as well. Correct. There we go. There we are. See, so. this is why you're host. Yeah. Well, I was. I was doing fine as a guest. Perhaps I should just be the guest each week. Well, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was. It was quite very. very it was easier good. for me. It was easy for you. It's difficult for me. <laughs> but it was weird, but it was nice, and I enjoyed it. It's easier than doing it from uh, with the studio in Texas. It's a hell of a commute. I can imagine. Hell of a swim every week. I know. Well, that's it. Well, we've come to the end of another West Files, or coming towards the end of another West Files. So it only remains to do is to remember head over to the West Files Facebook page if you want two tickets to go ghost hunting yep. at Scotland Manor on April 11th and meet the team from the West Files and TV medium Barry John. And in the finest tradition of uh, stuff that takes place. <laughs> On the West Files. <laughs> you didn't think I'd notice, did you? I did. I knew you would. Okay. This yeah. is specially for you, Ronnie. Oh, thank Thanks you. Thanks for being a great host. Thank
do 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 Say that last it do 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 Say that last You It's the end of do 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 It's the end of do 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 It's the end of do 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 It's the end
and local news follow pure west radio on facebook pure west radio